nearly everyone has had a job that just simply sucked. In this podcast, we dive into the terrible workplaces that exist, either due to customer interactions, horrible bosses, bad culture, or environment. Tune in each episode to hear interviews and news stories of why work sucks. Hello, my name is Brian Lamar, and I am the host of this episode of the podcast Work Sucks, where we talk about all the different ways that you know, everything that makes work suck, basically, uh, whether it's a bad boss, a bad environment, dealing with Karens, uh, or just crappy pay, uh, being overworked, unappreciated, all those sorts of things fall in that category. Today, we have a special guest. Her name is Amber. She's calling in from Alabama, and she's going to talk to us about a, a job that she had in the past that just absolutely sucked, and she would never want to do it again, but she's here to talk to us about it today. Amber, thanks for coming on the show. Hello, how are you? I'm pretty good. Um, so you were telling me uh, over over Facebook that, that you had a job in the past that just absolutely sucked. Tell us about that job. Yes, absolutely. So I wouldn't necessarily say that it was my worst job, but I would say that it was probably one of the worst experiences that I personally had at a job um, in dealing with my personal life. Well, okay, so before we go forward and talk about that one, what was the worst job you ever had? Oh, the worst job that I ever had. (laughs) So I worked for a printer sales company at one point in time, and well, let's just say that the boss and his wife or the owner and his wife had a lot of personal issues um, to the point that he even came into work one day with a black eye. And when I acted concerned and asked him what happened, he told me the truth and said his wife was drunk and hit him in the face with a cell phone. So... Uh, it must have been uh, like you say, a black eye. It must have been one of those old Nokia bricks because those things could really pack a punch. So, those things can survive a nuclear blast. So, yeah, they'd probably give you a black eye. Well, yeah, we uh, were, come to find out, we were behind in, in telephone bills, which is, you know, the, the heart of your business at that point, and, and taxes and all sorts of things. So the place eventually got shut down. But, yeah, that was a very interesting experience, to say the least. So do you know why she beat his ass? Was it because he didn't pay the phone bill? Well, she just apparently had a drinking problem and did not know how to control her temper. <laughs> Well, it seems like to me, though, if somebody is going to beat you with a phone and you didn't pay the phone bill, well, that's probably (laughs) why. (laughs) So coincidence? I think not. But anyways, we're not here to talk about your your boss that got his uh, uh, butt kicked by uh, uh, Amber Heard wannabe. Um, But what I what I do want to talk to you about is a job that you told me about over Facebook Messenger that uh, where where your interaction with um, with this particular job just made it just shitty and it made it made work suck for you. So tell me about that job. Uh, what 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 uh, industry was that job in? Yes, yeah, so this was basically a, a, a local, I will say, government um, agency. Um, I guess to be a little bit more specific, it was a utility company. <laughs> Today, Junior. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I was the uh, executive assistant to the general manager there. And the um, situation that occurred, um, so I am uh, lesbian and part of the LGBTQ community, and um, I had been in a long-term relationship with my partner, who was a local teacher and was not out at the time. Um, so it was a, a little bit of a struggle as far as um, you know being um, so personal within our jobs, just to protect um, you know her and and our family. Um, so we ran into a situation not long after I came on, um, to this position and her, um, mother, unfortunately had passed away with stage four colon cancer. And so I went to my general manager and I had some flex time built up. I had not been there long enough to have personal leave. Um, so they were letting me use hours that I had worked over as flex time, so I explained to him the situation and, and basically came out um, to my general manager and uh, just, you know, asked for the opportunity to be able to attend her funeral and, and go to pay my respects to her and the family. So so let me let me get this straight. Uh, the reason the reason why you, you felt that you had to come out at that point was because you're using flex time and you had to make a justification of why you wanted to go to this funeral. Is that correct? Right. Okay. So, so up until this point, your, your boss, your supervisor didn't really know your personal situation. No, he only knew me in a, in a professional uh, environment and I did, you know, keep my personal and professional life separate. Um, and, you know, at, at that point in time, um, there were no um, federal or state protections um, for, you know, sexual orientation and that sort of thing. And um, the funny thing about that particular position is whenever I applied for the position, I actually wasn't even looking for a job. I was not unhappy um, at the at the job that I was working um, at the time. But this job came up and all of the benefits and everything sounded great. So I just thought, hey, what the heck? And I threw my name in the hat and just thought, we'll roll the dice and see what happens. And so they called me to come in for an interview. The interview went great. They called me back and said, we've narrowed it down to the top three. We'd like for you to come back in for a second interview. So I asked him just to, you know, let me think about it a little bit because I said, you know, I, I, I appreciate, you know, your time and, and, um, you know, you, you, you know, making me a part of the top three. I was very thankful for that. And, um, but, just, you know, being honest, I was not unhappy at my current job and the amount that they were offering at the time. It just really didn't justify making that move at the time. And so they asked me if it were financial. And I was honest about that and just said that, you know, not necessarily, but overall, taking all things into consideration, it didn't really justify the move. And so they called me back and offered me a substantial amount more money to come back for a second interview. And when I got off the call, I thought, you know, they're, they're not, nobody offers more money for you to come for another interview. They're offering me the job. So they basically made their decision. They just didn't really want to, I guess, show all their cards at that point. So I came back for the second interview and just made sure that I covered all of my bases um, to protect myself and planning my future moving forward. And I did take the job. Okay. So I, I guess if I was going to pick on you a little bit, I'd say uh, you you were a victim of the old uh, phrase, the grass is not always greener on the other side, huh? 
Oh, absolutely. And, you know, after this situation happened, I've definitely decided that I will never sacrifice my happiness for a dollar amount. Okay, well, that, that, that's kind of a bold statement because, you know, my, yeah, you're right. Money money does bring security. Money does bring uh, a, set, a set of uh, things that make you feel a little bit nicer about your, your security and, and your right. ability to ability to do stuff with that money. But you're right. It doesn't bring happiness within itself. It, the working environment is, is more important. So, so tell me a little bit more. So, um, you, you, you went and you had this, uh, so did you go to the funeral? Is I, I guess we haven't got that far yet. I did. Well, um, the, so we we had the candid conversation about um, just you know the situation that was going on and and just you know getting his approval to have this time off and just what had happened and that sort of thing and so he did allow me um, to take the one day to attend the funeral and be with the family you know and essentially at that time I considered this person my mother-in-law um, she was part of my family and um, also, you know, just just down to the fact that I had spent a lot of time with her um, in in what in the beginning we thought was her healing process. And when, um, you know, the time came, um, you know, she she was just an amazing person. And I spent a lot of time with her. But but, you know, I even spent time with her and, and, and fed her, her her last meal before she passed. So we did have, you know, a very close relationship. And this was a person that was very important to me. Um, and just a, a huge, um, just personality and, and soul within our family. Okay. So, so I, I, Amber, here's the, here's the deal. I, I'm, I've only heard the cliff notes of this story before, uh, as, as you were kind of explaining it, but you know, with the pre-interview, uh, here before we went on the show, but I'm, I'm already, I'm already sensing and the fact that you're telling the story in the first place, but I'm already sensing that there's some some danger down the road that that red flags are coming up. Uh, did did you already feel some red flags when you had to put in this, and then there was like a, a, a like a hesitation of whether you were going to get approved for this or not? I did. Um, whenever we had the conversation, I did notice that his personality towards me shifted. Um, you know, because this was a few days prior to uh, the memorial service, and so there was time spent in the office with each other. And I, I absolutely did notice that, even just in having the conversation, his body language um, changed. Uh, you know, just his his attitude towards me. He was not as um, open and warm as he had been prior to this conversation. Okay. So uh, right there, uh, you're already starting to understand where you stand with this guy um, immediately after this. But was there anything else, though, other than maybe your perception? Because I'll tell you right now, I've had had, uh, problems with either a coworker or a boss in the past where I sensed a shift. And then I'm I'm sitting there and I'm kind of trying to figure out like I'm just going through my head I'm lay, laying in bed at night staring at the ceiling thinking what what did I do did you have any of that uh, not necessarily I mean when when this conversation happened I did and and, and I did expect um, that that there was going to be you know a level of uncomfort after we had this conversation but I felt that as far as my 
um, professional uh, life and the, you know, the, the task at hand, the job at hand, I was, you know, excelling in that um, position and had been told so several times about just how thankful they were that, you know, I had joined the team and, and how well I was doing and, and that sort of thing. So I felt like that professional relationship would, would take precedence and that the personal, um, you know, feelings or opinions would not matter as much. I can understand that there are certain people out there that are not accepting and, and I don't ask you to accept or approve. I don't, I don't need that, but we are, or we should, um, you know, respect one another just as human beings in general. And, um, that was just something that, uh, I, I didn't expect for it to shift in that manner. Well, I, I just want to remind the listeners at, at this point, none of a, at no point are we talking about your, um, I guess performance on the job or no, we're not talking about your, uh, ability to do the job. Right. It's, it's specifically about this personal choice uh, or, or not personal choice, but your 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 personal uh, situation, yeah, your your marital or, or, or not quite marital, but your life partner situation. It's not a um, it's not a, a lack of of doing the job that you're asked to do. It's completely something else. Right. Um, the performance was was definitely there, and um, you know that had been shown and proven time and time again and had never been, um, you know, an object of of discussion or there was never any problem with anything that had to do with, with the position or the job. Yeah. Okay. I I think I understand um, what's going on here because, because up until this point, you and I have not talked about you getting counseled or, or written up or anything like that about your performance. So, so after, after the uh, the funeral, uh, going down the road. So obviously, you're on the show here. You you, you don't work for them anymore. So what um, what ended up happening after that the funeral and uh, when you came back to work and, and there was some awkwardness. Well, so the day after the funeral, when I came back, um, he, you know, like I said, was my my general manager. I was the executive assistant at the time. So my office was located directly outside his. He had to go through mine to get out into, you know, the lobby or any other area of the business. Um, The day that I returned, he um, pretty much stayed in his office all day. It was very quiet. Um, You know, whenever I would have some communication with him, um, just about, you know, certain questions on how to move forward on specific tasks or or decision making, that sort of thing. It was just very just short, cut and dry, um, not a lot of conversation, that sort of thing. Um, The following day, when I came back, he did uh, approach me and um, seemed concerned, you know, just asked how things went and told me that he, you know, was sorry for our loss and and that sort of thing. Um, And then things got a little quiet for a while. And I think that he took some time to, to kind of think about how he was going to approach um, what he, you know, his, his conversation with me as to just what he thought at this point about me and, and my future with that particular business. Okay. So he's decided to confront you. Right. 
So he calls me into his office and wants to have a discussion. And he starts in, you know, with the whole, you know, I just want you to know that I'm very sorry for your loss. And, you know, I hate that this has happened. I know that this was a hard situation, yada, yada, yada. But then he starts questioning me about my personal life, just things that he was curious about and not, um, I would say, not in a, in a disrespectful manner as if what you could attribute to like, you know, a sexual harassment type situation. It was just more along the lines of personal questions um, that really just were none of his business sort of thing, you know. And I, I think he was looking for me to explain myself to him and he wanted you know, just understanding of why um I am a lesbian. Uh, and, you know, I, that's something that I have uh, come across a lot in my life, just mainly because, um, you know, I, I, it's a very ignorant outlook that people have, um, especially for, you know, people who are, I've always said that people are afraid of what they don't understand, for one. And that could be anything. Um, but, I have been approached several times in my life um, by people who will say certain things like, well, you know, I just I, I, I never thought that, that this is who you were because, you know, you don't look like you don't seem like you don't act like. And it's like, well, there is no look or seem or act. I mean, we are people of all different types of personalities and interests and and um education and and nationalities and there's so many different things so there is no type really um but the people that don't understand um sometimes tend to have that that thought process so that was the conversation um i guess uh, that that we were having that was the direction that it seemed to go. It was just something that he never expected, um, which, you know, that that's, that's fine, but it still has absolutely nothing to do with you as my boss or me in, in this position. So, you know, I, I respectfully answered some of the questions and also kind of let him know when he was just getting a little bit, um, too close for comfort in that sense, just things that, that frankly were just none of his business. And, um, so his, his response to me in so many words were that he basically reprimanded me like he was my father. Um, and, uh, it just scolded me in a way and let me know how disappointed he was and, um, unhappy that I had been chosen for that position at this point. He had pretty much made up his mind that he no longer wanted me to represent him or that business. Um, and told me flat out that I was going to hell. Okay, well, that's that's pretty bold. So, again, I'd like to r remind the listeners: no, at no point are we talking about her work performance. We're talking about her lifestyle, uh, which, uh, you know, I, okay, I can, I can, I can kind of concede a little bit. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been to a new job and I say, hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. Are you married? You got kids? Things like that. I, okay, so that conversation, I could see kind of happening, uh, you know, in in a way like if somebody was is truly um, full of 
equality in their heart, uh, then they would ask those same questions. Oh, hey, Amber, tell me about yourself. Uh, you got a family? You got kids? Got got you know spouse? What what's going on? Uh, but the fact that the fact that now you're being told that you're a disappointment to the company, like it's it's like a tarnish on their brand or something. I I don't know. Uh, right. But then to, to bring your <laughs> Not only your lifestyle, but your after lifestyle coming into this, you're going to hell. Right. Oh boy! I, I tell you what, uh, I think I, I think I might have a couple of relatives that would uh, that would give me that uh, that conversation though, if uh, oh, if I had cool. that conversation with them. But uh, but you know, it, it, there there is there is a lot of um, misconceptions. There's a lot of unknowns, and there's a lot of fear uh, out there for anything different than than what they know with the, you know, the, the, the regular old heterosexual thing. So, but anyways, this is your story. I'm going to stop interrupting. So tell me after that conversation, I'm assuming things devolved into not so great workplace. Oh, absolutely not. So at that point, I, um, was very frank (laughs) and responded, um, to him, basically uh, gave him a new address and, and respectfully told him in a way that he might even enjoy moving to that new address and told him where the job could go. <laughs> um, and, you know, that I was highly disappointed in the way that I had been treated and also the fact that, um, you know, I, I specifically said that if there were anything you know, that had to do with me as a professional or or my job, if there were anything, you know, that, that I had done um, that was uns- unsatisfactory, um, you know, let's discuss that. Uh, we, we can discuss that. We can pull up, you know, let's get some paperwork drawn up. Let's do whatever it is that we need to do. But when it comes to um, not just my personal life, but you have insulted me as a human being, you have insulted my family at that point. Um, and, and not only that, you also know the situation that I have just dealt with. Um, and that, you know, a person who was very close to me that we had just lost. And, um, you know, there were so many emotions, uh, that came from that. It was, you know, on one hand, it was just disgust. It was just disbelief. Um, I, I never, imagined, you know, and I've been very fortunate with, with my family and with my friends and and my coworkers and employers in my life. Um, I have always just been the type of person who is just unapologetically who I am. Um, and you know, I, I don't, ever try to push my beliefs or my lifestyle or anything like that onto someone else to each his own. Um, but it just, there, there were just so many emotions. It was just kind of like, you know, being kicked when you're down and, and just all of those things. And there was so much to process in that moment. Um, and you know, I was, I was, Put in a situation where, you know, I had heard horror stories from other friends of mine where, you know, they had been outcast um, by friends or family or employers. People had been kicked out of their homes and and just different things. And I, I felt for them, but I, I just never imagined. And myself, I guess, being in that situation, I think I, I believed um, maybe a little naively that, if I was, you know, held my head high and was just proud of who I was and didn't really give anybody the opportunity to question that, that I, that maybe I wouldn't come across a situation like that. I don't know. So it was very shocking, um, very disappointing. 
And, so, you know, it was also hard because I, I was very close to a lot of the employees there already. I had already developed relationships with those um, employees. And, you know, here we've got basically, you know, our this is the general manager of everyone. And it just kind of felt like the building had crumbled at that point. So, um Obviously, you're still here with us talking talking about this. Uh, you you overcame this, but uh, yes. tell tell me about when you decided that you had to leave this organization uh, due to uh, let's just call it irreconcilable differences or discrimination. That's that's a better term. Uh, you decided to leave. How did it affect you? Well, um, it 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 gave me a lot of fear. Um, a lot of fear to move forward and go anywhere else and be able to be open and honest about um, just my life and me as a person. I mean, this this is not something that is that is a choice or um, y- anything like that. This is this is who I am as an individual um, and and who I will always be every day for the rest of my life. That's never going to change. And so when when you are are faced with a situation like that. Um, you know, it, there's a lot of angst involved. Um, fortunately, I was able to return to my former employer. Um, they were very gracious and very kind to have me back, and and they were thankful to have me back, which in turn I was thankful also. Um, but they welcomed me back with open arms, and and you know, I, I came back for a huge pay cut <laughs> because you know this this certain position it had a, a great retirement. It had great pay, great benefits, and I thought that I had just hit the jackpot, and I was at a very young age, and so this was almost unheard of for me. Um, the person that I was actually replacing at the time when I first took that job, she had she was retiring at 47, so it was just a, a great plan for my personal future and for my family as well. So... Thankfully, I was able to return to my former employer, but um, it also has kind of stifled me in the sense that I have still been there ever since. And this happened in 2013. So um, technically, I have been with with the exception of of leaving for that small portion of time um, to go to to that terrible (laughs) employer. I have been with this particular company for about um, 13 years, um, with the exception of that. So. Right now, so in, in a way, you found a, a safe space. I did. I did. Um, and, and it has absolutely been a safe space. But I will say, ultimately, I found myself almost 10 years down the road now. And, and almost, uh, you know, I love my job. I love what I do. I love the people that I support. But it also um, definitely held me back as far as um, pay and benefits and those sorts of things are concerned because I was always terrified to leave them again to go pursue anything that might be uh, a better future for me and my family because I didn't want to experience that uh, again. I didn't want to, to go through that um, and and be, you know, left wondering, okay, what, what do I do now, you know? Yeah, so, so basically what I'm hearing is this, this pretty much in, in, a, in a couple of different ways put you back in the closet. Yeah, technically. um, So where I am now, um, you know, back years ago, we we did develop some federal protections and and that was great. Um, But 
even still at that point, um, with the way that the laws were, if you were to go outside of a you know federal um, organization or position, you weren't protected on the outside. And and we are you know at a level where where we have that now. But the issue with certain states and Alabama being one of those states is we are an at will state. Um, so it's very possible that you could run into a. Um, a, a position or an employer that has, you know, personal feelings about that and might, you know, just let you go because they can, because in Alabama, technically they don't have to have a specific reason. So for the listeners out there, we'll get into it a little bit more. Uh, and maybe after this interview, I will uh, uh, give a more in-depth explanation. But an at-will state is basically a state that doesn't have laws that protect employees like uh, some other states do, where an employer uh, has pretty much 100% control of what they can do as far as uh, firing someone uh, for for little to no reason. Right. Now, that doesn't. That doesn't give the employers the um, legal basis to discriminate against someone based off of race or, or gender or sexual orientation or religion, things like that. But it does give them the ability to fire you for a non-discriminatory matter. Just, you know, they can make up a work performance issue or something like that. So, uh, so at will states, uh, if you are different in any way, that it really you're out on a limb. Yes. So, so, uh, so, what's what's the advice that you would give somebody that is in kind of or is, is currently in the situation that you found yourself in? What what would be the the biggest pieces of advice that you would give somebody? Well, I think ultimately, um, it, you know, it, it's it's absolutely not something that that is a comfortable situation or something that you always feel like you could trust. But I would say always stand up for yourself, no matter what. Um, stand firm in your beliefs. Um, you know, it, there is nothing more badass than being who you are, and I will always believe that. And there is power in that. Live your truth. Be proud of yourself. Don't let anyone else make you feel less than just because you're different. Um, you know, there's there's a, a quote that pops out in my head. I remember being in high school with a girl in one of my English classes that was, um, you know, she was a little different than, um, than everyone else. And, and that was okay. She was, she was very unique. She was a sweet girl, but a lot of, um, you know, the kids in our class didn't look at her as, as what would they would consider typically normal, you know? And, uh, I will never forget one day, um, we had to, to write some sort of, you know, just summary or journal top entry or something like that. And, and she made, um, a, a quote or, or she, you know, had written this little summary and came up with this quote or found this quote somewhere. Honestly, I'm not really sure, but she said, you know, you, you all look at me, you know, that because I'm different, you, you talk about me because I'm different. Um, but you're, you're afraid of me because I'm different. But what scares me is that you are all the same. And that has always stood out in my mind. And I think that it is so important to just, you know, be unapologetically who you are. Don't allow anyone else to make you feel like you either don't belong um, or, you know, are 
weird or anything like that um, for, for being who you are. Be proud of yourself. Be confident. Um, you know, and a lot of times you, I, I kind of live by the mantra. Sometimes you have to fake it to make it. But but the issue is it's kind of like developing a habit. The more that you do it, the more you get used to it, the more, you know, that becomes something that is normal for you. And it might not necessarily be uh, your, um, you know, strong point to, to go out and, and, and be open or, or be proud or be confident or, or be good at, you know, certain things, public speaking or just anything of that nature. But if you practice, um, just pride and confidence, you will develop that and you will get to a point to where you realize that there is absolutely nothing wrong with you and anyone who makes you feel like there is then there's something wrong with them well amber uh, you, you've kind of you've kind of said a mouthful there uh that that i completely agree with uh confidence and and all that is is good uh and i would also the, the only thing i'd add to that is uh you know when when you're when you're being your true self uh, also, remember, just because you're being your true self doesn't mean that you're 100% protected, especially in these uh, at-will states. So also be smart, you know. Uh, yes. You know, when, you, when you're talking to folks, uh, you know, that, that, you know, have their your financial fate in their hands, uh, you know, try to try to also be a little bit bl- diplomatic as well. But uh, but never sacrifice who you are. I believe that 100 percent. And Amber, I want to thank you for having uh, having the, the, the courage uh, to come on the show uh, to talk about this particular instance. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just get a you get a work environment or, or a boss that just absolutely suck and you um, you got to make a change. And in your case, you made a big life change. So um, uh, with that, uh, I think we're going to close out this interview. And like I, I promised uh, the view, uh, listeners earlier, uh, I'm going to go ahead and do a little research and just uh, maybe give a, a brief little explanation uh, before the show ends on what uh, at-will states are and what uh, an employee's rights are. Well, again, Amber, thank you very much for being on the show. And uh, we, we really enjoyed hearing your story. Thank you for having me, Brian. I've had fun. <laughs> All right. Hey, folks, this is Brian again, and uh, we just talked with Amber. And during the conversation, we talked about how her employer pretty much ran her off uh, for being uh, a member of the LGBTQ community. Now, we talked about at-will states. This, I, I did a little research on this, and I was pretty pretty astounded by, uh, by what I found. An at-will state is one where employers are allowed to adopt an at-will policy for employees that give both the employer and the employee the right to terminate employment uh, relationship without any cause or any notice. This is allowed in all states in Montana, except for Montana. So the whole country except for Montana. So – like I said, all states except for Montana are at will, but most of them do have exceptions. Uh, the states of Florida, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, Nebraska, Maine, New York, and Rhode Island do not have any exceptions. So pretty much you're at the, the, you know, the mercy of your employer. So if your employer doesn't like something that, uh, about you, they can terminate you with, with no reason, no notice no no cause now there's there's two different things there's the at will which is what we just talked about and then there's also um right to work so some states uh, have have a, a, a 
different category. The way to compare right to work and uh, employment uh, at will uh, is basically you could you could realize they're separate concepts because um, they're not opposite. They're, one concerns your freedom to work without joining a union. Uh, the other is the employer's freedom to fire you. So uh, a, I found a little tip online. Uh, at will employment means that you can quit or be fired for almost any reason. Right to work means that you can work for a unionized employer without joining the union. The, the revelant the relevant the relevant laws vary from state to state and change over time um at will employment termination uh there's some lawyers on on a site that i found called work.cron.com uh says the at will concept of employment is simple you can be fired for almost any reason anytime without any warning Uh, you can also walk out at any time without giving notice the opposite of an at will employment is when you you can only be fired for just cause um, such as incompetence or, or theft. Uh, a written contract or union agreement can guarantee you're only fired for cause, but most employees work without those. So I, I guess I guess that's the difference. I've, I've never known this as a, as a difference. So at will, uh, you can be fired for any reason, uh, but uh, if you have a union, the only reason that, that there's places where that, that stops you from being fired for any reason is because you have a, a union that has uh, those checks and balances in there. I hope that that has um, given everybody a, uh, a a little bit more insight of what the at will work is and the right to work is. So, I guess that uh, it's something to consider uh, on your next employment. Uh, is there a union? Uh, what is their rate of uh, using this uh, at will clause uh, to to fire people without notice? So, just something to think about when you're looking for a new job. All right, folks, I hope this has been enlightening. I know I enjoyed talking with Amber and uh, learned a few things. So, all right, have a good night. This has been an episode of Work Sucks. Work Sucks is a podcast in the Lamar Communications Group. For questions or a chance to have your story featured on this podcast, email the host at brian.lamar1453 at gmail.com. 